thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's show where we have one of our, I think, combined, I think our beautiful guest today, Juliet, is probably one of all of our favourite humans on the planet. (laughs) We've all had um, the most exceptional experiences with today's guest, which is why we wanted to share with you guys, because it's not fair, you know, when you have somebody that's so special in your world, it's not fair to keep them to yourselves. I think it's important to share the love. So we've got the beautiful Juliet Dyer, who is the creator and founder of the Revitalized Center in Melbourne, which we're going to hear all about today, because, you know, there's been some amazing leaps of faith and some incredible steps forward that Juliet has taken to become such a pinnacle of her community, but also to be able to give back to so many people and to provide such an outstanding healing um, possibility for so many people. So welcome to today's show, beautiful Juliet. I don't want to give away too much of your your, your amazing story, but I could easily because I could just talk about you for the next hour myself. But I don't want to do that. So welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me today. What an absolute treat. We're going to share everything that you've been doing with all of our listeners. And I know for all of our listeners, you guys are going to be unbelievably inspired by what Juliet is going to share with you. So make sure that you guys are sitting and you're ready to take in some of these nuggets of, of, of brilliance from this incredible woman. Kimmy, over to you with your first question. You know, the one that you always like to ask. Yeah, Juliet, I, I know that you, um, well, maybe you can tell us how you came to meeting us all and, and what led you to, to particularly where you are now going from a full-on corporate career into something that others would, consider, some could say quite hippie, um, others could say very holistic. What, what's led you to being with us here today, beautiful girl? Um, initially, it was the health of my family. Um, Quite some years ago when you had the first wellness summit, I went along because I'd heard of um, Cindy and I thought, okay, I want to go and listen to everyone talk. Um, I hadn't heard of you, Kim, or you, Karen, and I sat there and listened to you both and just went, wow, this is amazing. At that stage, I was at the the end of a 10-year period of looking after my family. Um, Should I go into what's been happening? Yes. Yeah, okay. So my children, both of my children and my husband have all got a congenital heart disease. Um, When I first met my husband, he was actually riding a push bike around Australia on a solo bike ride and he was raising money for the Royal Children's Hospital because he'd had surgery, um, heart surgery, when he was eight years old. And um, so I went into the relationship knowing that there were heart problems in our family but not really understanding the full concept of that when I was, I was 23 when we got married. We had our first child and he was, he was fantastic. Tyson was great. And then we had Charlotte. And we discovered um, during the pregnancy that she only had two chambers because she had massive holes in her heart. And when that little princess was born, um, within four weeks she had her first surgery. 
and a lot of drama and everything around that. Three years after that, our beautiful little Tyson then just started to develop problems and he, we found some holes in his heart and his heart was also quite slow, so he needed a pacemaker. Um, not long after that, I think it was another two years after that, then Charlotte, almost two years and one day to the date, she then needed a pacemaker as well, so she went back in for another surgery. Not long after that, actually the following year, Stuart started to develop problems again. And we went through a really big ordeal with him with multiple heart surgeries, different procedures, and we almost needed to have a heart transplant. Um, but luckily we got on the right course with the right doctors and um, he went from having a heart function of only 9% to now I think we're back to about 34 or 35, which is pretty amazing. Um, during that period, though, I was really strong, I was resilient, I was helping everyone, caring for everyone, but it was at, at the end of it, um, after Stuart's last procedure, Tyson then had another issue going on, and it was after Tyson's issue that I started to, uh, I really started to lose it. I was crying all the time, I was depressed. Um, I wouldn't let anybody see me cry. I would sneak into the bathroom. I, I was just sad all the time and I couldn't lift myself out of it. And I was at the Wellness Summit and um, you'd mentioned that there would be a wellness breakthrough and I was just thinking, I need to go to that. And it was there that I really got to meet the three of you. And Kim, when you were talking about self-love, you know, looking after yourself, I sat there realising that I hadn't really done much for myself over that 10-year period. I'd continued to work the whole time, look after my family, but I put all my own needs. I'd lost my identity. I didn't know who I was as an individual. I didn't know what I actually enjoyed doing anymore. And a lot of the time I was just putting on a brave face for everyone around me because I didn't want them to realise how sad I was because all that everyone kept saying to me was how strong and brave I was. So I signed up for your course, Kim, as you know, and it was through that that I um, realised just how much help I needed, how much attention I needed to pay back onto myself. Um, halfway through that course, I almost quit because work was really busy, the kids, it was all just getting really, really hard, but my family wouldn't let me. They said, just no, stop, continue, keep going. So I kept going with your course, and by the end of it, I realised that I wasn't quite happy with where my life was leading me. I, I didn't feel that I could sit behind a desk for the rest of my life. It, it wasn't enough for me. Um, kinesiology was what helped Tyson through his last health little issue that he had. And so I started exploring that further and um, started studying kinesiology. And so now I am a kinesiologist, which I love. <laughs> it's remarkable, actually, because... I remember when you were going to quit during the health and lifestyle education program and, and you know, I'm, I'm always one that trusts um, if someone needs to withdraw or if they have to do that. I also find the irony quite interesting that my course is not a hard course. It's, it's actually every week just doing a ritual and reading a little bit of information. But obviously there's more there if you want it. But it was interesting. I find the people that think that they can't do it are often the ones that need it the most. Mm. So I was really grateful to your family for suggesting you stayed in there because, um, you know, often it's people from the outside that can see when someone's tank is getting very, very empty and, 
you're right, you had given so much for so long. And, and I'm sure as I'm saying these words, many people, predominantly probably women, would be sitting there saying, gosh, that's me. If there's one piece of advice that you would have for anyone listening to you right now, what would be your, po- what would be your biggest point at this point? I think that um, obviously if I'd known better, I would have done things differently during the time, but I wasn't great at asking for help. Um, I felt that it was something that I had to do by myself. So my recommendation would be to always look out for yourself, seek support where you can. Um, If someone offers a hand, take it. And just to remember to spend time on you. And even if it's just taking five minutes to, to sit quietly and have a cup of tea, if it's um, debriefing with a girlfriend, it's just so important. Um, all the rituals that I did learn through you, Kim, is just looking after yourself. And I, I would say that's probably one of the main things I have with my clients at the moment is that when they are going through a big part of something big in their life, like, they forget about themselves. Yeah, they forget how to care for themselves and um, what they need to do to fill themselves back up again. You know, I just want to just congratulate you, Juliet. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, it's hard enough bringing up children, let alone bringing up children that aren't well as well as a husband, um, bringing them up too, you know that. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I just want to congratulate you and take my hat off to you and, um, you know, just say that I'm in admiration for what you did uh, and also that you, you know, you figured out that it was about looking after yourself and self-care and, um, and doing what you needed to do in order to be, you know, the best that you could possibly be. So I just, I just wanted to congratulate you at this point. Um, now I know Karen probably has a question, but I, you know, I'm, I'm in awe at the moment. I can't think of the question. <laughs> Thanks. No, you know, I remember um, when I met you, Juliet, you were kind of still in it, but kind of on the way out of it. Mm. And Honestly, I remember the pain in your eyes and the sadness that you were carrying around with you. Um, and I think that on so many levels and, you know, we, I, I think it's important for our listeners and I'm just kind of feeling into this for myself as well. It's, I think it's important to identify that, you know, there are different levels that a person is experiencing um, suffering for themselves I mean obviously you were caring for your family but then there's your own pain your own suffering that you're experiencing but you don't necessarily have the time or the mental or emotional availability to cater to yourself because just everything that you have is expended on everybody else in your family who means more to you than life itself you know like your children Mm. And I, I think it's so important to identify those different levels that when the lights go out and it's just you alone with you, you know, the, the kind of conversations that you had with yourself, how did you, how did you go from one day to the next? I mean, I'm almost feeling like you almost, there would be times where you would just feel like you were out of your own body and totally on autopilot and other times completely depleted and ready to just throw yourself on the floor. What, yeah. went, what went on for you 
during that period it all seems yeah it all seems like a daze now when I look back on it I have blocks of um I have some memory loss through it I haven't I don't know why I try to think back on little moments and I can't and that's probably my way of protecting myself but I think the big thing is I just I have amazing family my mum is an incredibly strong woman um and it was just we we're just taught just put one foot in front of the other you just keep going <laughs> And that's what I did. I just kept going and just kept looking after everyone. Um, my husband and I, um, especially with the kids, were a great source of strength for each other. Um, I think I found it the most difficult when Stuart was the one that got sick because I couldn't share that with him. <laughs> um, and I had changed from being a, a wife to being a nurse with him, um, which can be quite straining on the relationship as well. I felt alone in that time because I didn't have um, I didn't have him with me. Mm. That was probably the hardest. But I think without with all of it coming through it now, um, it was letting go of my story. I carried that around like, oh, this is what I've lived from. I was so young. Half my friends were still living at home and hadn't had babies, and here I was in ICU, and like I had this big story. <laughs> Um, that I carried around and it was sitting with you, Karen, um, a big slobbery mess. Bless your heart. Yes, it was. Oh, that was a big slobbery mess though. But you helped me change my perspective and I think I'm internally grateful for that moment because you made me view what I'd gone through through different eyes and made me realise what my strengths were and that I am a strong person because at that time that I was with you, I was feeling I was low, I was 100% drained. And I think that with you helping me change my perspective, what Kim then later did was help me learn how to love me again, help me put myself as a priority because what I've realised now is that if I'm not the priority, um, everyone in my family doesn't benefit. It's... It's just as simple as that. If I'm good, they're good. If I'm not good, they're not so great. Yeah. So that was a really big lesson that I've learned that going forward now has helped me um, deal any time we have something come up. Uh, it's, it's just with a lot more ease. And, I, you know, I, it's fascinating. So, so, so did, did, your, did your family and your husband actually see... You know, like afterwards, have you guys actually spoken about what it was like for each of you guys? Like, have you actually shared that with each other? We have. We have um, in moments. Like, I think that as a family, like with the four of us, we're all very strong. Um, I'll give you an example of that. Um, just this weekend, Stuart was at the hospital with Tyson while I was up in Queensland on the Friday night and the Saturday morning, I didn't realise till Saturday morning when I woke up to ring them. Thankfully, Charlotte was at a friend's house. But um, we react differently to things now. We don't go straight into stress mode. We're quite calm about things. Um, Tyson's fine, so that's all great. But... My point of the situation was when Charlotte got home and found out about it, she was a little bit sad. And then Tyson's, Tyson's texting me going, you better just ring Charlotte. She needs, she needs some of your... <laughs> she needs oh, some of your 
Um, which, you know, for a 14-year-old, the way that they look at life, it's my kids are very special. I, they've got a different perspective on what's important and what's not important. Um, you know, Stuart's not as reflective. But I think with my family, like if I look then at my mum and my sisters and everyone else that was on the outer circle that supported us, talking to them, they just didn't know how to help because it was just all so big. Like <laughs> they were there for us and supported us. But I think when, when I talked to them, they, they just didn't know what to actually do. Mm. But for them, it was just being there, just holding my hand, just sitting next to me. I think that was the biggest support that they could have possibly ever have given me. And I think that's a really good point you make. I mean, how do you support somebody through something like that? And, and it just kept, you know, there was just always something new for you to deal with and to, to, to face. When you say that you're strong, you know, yeah, I see, I mean, in my eyes, you're an absolute powerhouse and I'm in awe of you every time I'm even in your company. <laughs> And that's not a, and I'm not exaggerating, not even remotely, but resilience is what comes up for me in a massive way for you to be able to just constantly be bouncing back to handle the next thing and bouncing back to handle the next thing. And now is what you're doing even now. It's just, you know, you're just always in that um, flow of expansion for yourself. It's, it's mind-blowing. I want to congratulate you too. I think you're a bloody legend. <laughs> Thank you. Just, and, we can, and we can actually congratulate her further because she actually won the Entrepreneurs Award, um, which only gets handed out every now and again at our weekend. And I can say this with hand on heart, guys, that it was totally deserved. And to see somebody go from perhaps, I don't know if the depths of despair is the right analogy for you, Julia. like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine. Well, actually, I, c I can only just try and picture it. But I would love you to explain to us, how did you go from there to now having, and what was the reason and the vision behind the Revitalised Centre? Was there a catalyst? Was there a motivation with your children? Could you explain to us how you've got up off your bathroom floor feeling like there's nothing going your way into now having a space where people have the privilege to come and be with you and even you know, be seen by you? What was the catalyst for you? Um, it was changing my career and studying kinesiology initially. Um, that was very healing for me because as I'm sure you've all had kinesiology sessions, it can, they can be really emotional and help you deal with things that you don't even realise that you're holding at a subconscious level. So for me, that was a massive part of my healing journey as well, was dealing with things that, um, or letting go of things from the past. Um, my very first kinesiology session, I sat there and I always had a vision to do something bigger, to have a centre where I'd be able to help other people, especially people who had gone through things similar to what I had, especially um, especially carers. Um, you know, I hold carers very close to my heart because I understand the hardship it can have and the stresses involved with that. But... Um, Yes, yeah, so from my very first kinesiology class, I sat there and said, you know, one day my dream is to open up a wellness centre. Um, so I continued to study. Uh, Karen helped and supported me on the way with her um, inner circle group. And just, one thing... Just can you tell me what the inner circle group gave you? Because 
you know, it's, there's so many different courses, coaches, support people and things like that. I mean, Cindy and I think Karen's pretty special. Mm. Um, pause needs. Um, but, <laughs> but, the, but the reality is, is she does offer something quite unique. And I'd just love you to explain what that did for you because I think it's time we explored what the inner circle is about. Yeah, so that absolutely. Um, so the inner circle for me, it, it pushed me. It, um, they caught me on any, um, I was going to say bullshit, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. I say it and then I go, oh, no. <laughs> another word um, but it was it was really amazing because it really did push me to my limit with um if I had any fears they would talk me through those fears everyone in our beautiful group Karen especially I went into the course thinking I went in thinking I wanted to create some sort of online program for carers and then one session I mentioned look this is I, I let everyone know what my big vision is which was the um to build the revitalized center that was December last year in my mind, I hadn't brought it up before because I kept thinking in five years, in five years, you know, I'll get there when I'm ready. I'm not ready yet, five years. And I happened to mention it in one session and just went, no, you know, I'm not ready yet. And they helped, Karen and the group helped me deal with all the fears I had associated with that, um, helped me realise that actually I do have the capabilities to be able to create that now and really taught me to stay present. Karen taught me how to stay within flow and so with the support of Karen and everyone within my circle, um, I found my property by March. By March, I'd made the decision that I was definitely going to go ahead with it. I found the property in March. I had the keys by April and we opened the doors the 2nd of July. Oh, my God. It's just amazing to me as you, as you talk through that timeline. I still... It was so quick. It's, oh, it's insane, isn't it? How fabulous. Yeah. And just to get the full idea of what I did create, we, we have, um, I have this beautiful building here, but we completely gutted it and we, we built it out. So it's been purpose built for, um, for this healing centre. So it was a lot to do, but what I found, it, it all came with ease um, from the building to finding the practitioners. Like there was, I, I would think of something and it would present itself. So it was an amazing journey and it was, through the inner circle and just having everyone um, helping to keep me accountable, having the support, the suggestions, the ideas, it was it was an incredible journey. And I, sorry, Karen. No, not at all. Go through. I just wanted to pick back up on what you said before, Juliet, around um, carers, and I think it's a really a beautiful point that you make. Often, the person going through the trauma is obviously, or the disease or the illness is obviously in a very it's a focus point for everybody mm -hmm. and and the carers often, uh, it's not that the carers I don't think are ever saying, what about me, look at me, because they know that no one would ever want the problem that the person they're caring for has got. But they do get looked over and they do sometimes forget about themselves. You just touched on it. Was the centre in honour of them or is it for anybody or is it for you, you just really wanted to make it available and let carers know that there's a place to come to because often the yeah. carers don't get the time. <laughs> That's true. Um, my idea for this centre is a place for people to feel safe and secure, a place where they can feel that someone's holding their hand while they're, being, while they're on their journey. Um, so, yes, it is for carers, but we've opened it up for everybody. 
Um, I just have a really special place in my heart for carers because you're right, it's while there is drama going on, while they're in the middle of some sort of health crisis and they are caring for that person, it's when, they, when the person gets home and the emergency stops um, and everything starts to settle and it's that after period um, where suddenly the carer's like, oh, everything's safe, but that's when it hits them <laughs> because suddenly they've been in fight and flight all that time and then they've just stopped and the realisation of what they've just gone through, what they've just been through as the carer hits them, but then there's no one around them anymore because the, the main emergency stopped. So what I love about kinesiology and with what we offer here at the centre is that we can then help those people on their journey of healing themselves because it's not just the actual person that was ill that needs healing, it's the carer as well. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. The main, the main purpose, so here we have um, practitioner rooms and then we've also have a healing space where we offer yoga, meditation and we also have chakra dance in there. So we've got, we've got the support for people on all levels so they can come and join a class. Um, my vision is to build a revitalised community so that they can meet some other like-minded people, other people that might be on a similar journey to them and they can connect and not feel so lonely as well on their healing journey or whatever path that they may be on. So um, it's just a really, it's a really beautiful spot here in Glen Iris. I love it. It looks so beautiful in the pictures and, and the website and I can't wait to come and visit it. And what if you, <clears throat> if you had a bigger vision still, like what is your hope apart from having the you know the connections and everybody coming there what is your hope then for the people that attend what is your outcome is it one session is it 10 sessions is it an opportunity for growth to offer offer education explain to us more about what it is and the intent behind what you offer to so the intent is to be a place where people can come for education so i'm a really big and firm believer and if you can educate someone on how to help themselves then you're halfway there because if they've got the tools and resources it's incredible so we offer um a whole range of workshops so we've got a vce keep calm program that's about to start which is a four-week program that will help vce students get through um all the struggles that they may have at school um we have so VCE is the 11 and 12. I don't know what you have up in Queensland. Is it VCE? <laughs> not sure. Oh, no, we, uh, just have, we just have year 12. Um, just year 12? Yeah, it's not like Victoria. It used to be HSC, but up yeah. here, as far as I know, it's year 12 and we do an OP. An over, what's, what is it? Over, overall position. Overall position. Yeah. Which I think is dropping in the next year or two as well. So mm, That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, our, our students down here have pretty much got two years of, you know, very high demanding schooling, which I'm sure students do all over the place. But um, this is a program to keep them calm. We've got mindfulness programs. We have beginner yoga programs. So we cater for all levels. So if someone's new to yoga and just want to have a, have a look at what it is, then we've got that for them. There's a whole range of things. But the big idea is education is power. So if we can educate people, then we can empower people to help themselves. Um, that's, my, that's my main purpose. Tell me, has, I know you've spent time with me and, and with Karen, but I know you also mentioned that Cindy was the original person that you were interested in. <laughs> yeah. 
tell us how nutrition has played a part and what um, our rock star has done for you in your world as well. Yeah, so with Cindy, it's it's really interesting because every time I've gone to one of the summits or the breakthrough, I'm like, yep, I'm there because, you know, I need to learn more about nutrition or I need to lose some weight or... And then <laughs> what I've realised for myself personally is that first it has been to love myself again and then slowly the nutrition is coming in. But the biggest impact, Cindy, that you've had on our family is um, the pantry. I think after the first summit, I went through and just cleared out... Um, bag full after bag full of food, which <laughs> I didn't know. I had no education on what was great and what wasn't so great. Um, so it changed, Cindy helped change the way that I feed my family. Um, with Stuart and when his heart was in failure, um, we sat with the dietitian and they told us that, you know, we had to reduce the salt from his diet. So I was like, I didn't even know at that stage you know, that cheese had was such, had such a high salt content. Um, and they told us to look for all the products that had the heart tick on them and that we should be right with that. So... Oh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually really scary, especially after hearing you talk, Cindy, and all the information that you gave us. And it was incredible because then it, it opened up. That was that education again. Um. It changed the way I shopped. It changed the way I, I prepare food. Yeah, big impact on our family. And now what they'll do is that they'll um, want you to do the, the star rating. Um, so I've been looking at star ratings uh, lately and I ring up and I question about their foods. And um, at the moment, you know, I'm on a bit of a bandwagon with the amount of residues of chemicals in food. So I will ask what testing have they done and what residues are in And then I'll go, well, how did you get 4.5 stars? <laughs> <laughs> so watch out for star rating or five-star rating. I'm on to you, you know. I, just, I, I, I want to go back a little bit. I want to go back to, and I don't know if I missed this or not, but I want to go back to Stuart's health and then the kids. Mm -hmm. And did they find, was it, uh, a gene or what what why was there three in the family like father son and daughter why were there three in the family did they give you a reason behind exactly what happened um yep so when uh when we had charlotte uh at the royal children's hospital they were just amazing um they started asking about the family history. Is there anyone else in the family that had heart has heart conditions? And um, Stuart's sister and Stuart's niece and Stuart's mum have all got um, heart conditions as well. And so they then ended up going, well, can we do some testing and figure out what's going on? So we went, sure, no problems, um, absolutely. And so that was when Charlotte was born. So that was when she was, yeah. At four months old, they started doing the testing. And during that process, they took some bloods from all the family members and they were looking into it and they couldn't find anything. So they'd given up on it. And then in, um, I think it was 2008, so maybe six to, oh, I'm just trying to think. No, 2012 or 14, I don't know, about eight years later, we got a phone call saying we've found it, we've found what the gene is. So it's called um, 
It's TBX5, which is called Holt-Aldrum syndrome. Um, but the amazing thing is now for our children, like that they will have choice going forward through um, IVF, whether or not they choose to have carry forward. So it's completely up to them what they choose to do, um, but they can eliminate the gene any further. So at the moment, it's a 50% chance with every child that we have, whether or not um, they'll carry this gene. You know, this is what I love. I love um, that they've found the gene and they can, through IVF, um, eliminate this gene. Um, I have hemophilia in my family, so that's a bleeding disorder. So I have, um, in the generation of my mother, I have six uncles with hemophilia. And... Um, when they figured out the gene and everything about it, they offered to um, all of us screen testing. So from the 11 children, everybody, like my mum's generation, um, they then had children. So all of that generation was tested for the gene. And then for those who had the gene, they were then given the opportunity to do IVF. And um, some decided to take the chance, some decided to do IVF. And it's quite interesting, it was like 50-50, the ones that took the chance and had a boy didn't have hemophilia, um, and yet my other cousin, another cousin, took the chance, had a boy, had two boys, one had hemophilia and the other one didn't. Mm. But what's interesting is in the IVF stakes. So... While they chose to have girls, because girls are the carriers, not the ones with the gene, or it's rare. I do have a cousin with hemophilia, by the way, that is a girl, um, yeah. but it's very rare. But for my, um, my cousin that had the gene for hemophilia, she chose to have girls. But those girls have the gene. All three of them have the gene to pass on if they have sons. Wow. They couldn't eliminate it. So I'll be really interested, you know, how moving forward, you know, how this works because we still have a lot to learn. But I love this. This is where I love medicine is that, you, you know, your children won't have to deal with this with their children. Mm. And then their children can test for the gene. And if they've got it, they don't have to deal with it. And eventually, hopefully, that gene will disappear from, you know, your family. So. Yeah. It's wonderful, you know, like there's horses for courses and while, you know, sometimes we bag, um, you know, medicine, um, especially when we're in the field of nutrition or kinesiology or things like that, we may bag them at times because I think what's happened is that they've gone to the point where they think that they're the cure-all. There is horses for courses, you know, and, and when it comes to genetics and emergencies and surgeries and, you know, all of those wonderful things that medicine do, I'm in awe. But when it comes to prevention, um, you know, I'm in awe of what you're doing. You know, you're helping prevent what's happening with carers. You're helping to prevent people that um, are not, you know, doing so well and maybe it's something that they need within kinesiology or um, you know, whatever else that you're offering, offering in that clinic. So I just, I just wanted to um, talk about that because, you know, I was, I was listening to your history and I'm like going, what is happening here? Why is this happening? So mm. thank you for letting me know. Oh, that's okay. It was, it was a real surprise to the hospital system. For them it was um, 
they were really happy when they found out about our family because it's it's given um, different options to different families now as well, um, which is nice to know. But um, yeah, it's been a really big part of our life, and it's we often the kids and I and Stuart we do talk about where we are in life and what we've experienced, and it's made each and each of us who we are. Um, you know, and I often say to Stuart, if he didn't have a heart condition, I never would have met him because he never would have been on his bike ride going through um, Australia raising money for them. So, you know, everything does have its place and its reason. That's adorable. See? It's always, there's always a rainbow through the clouds. And I just want to say that Stuart is one of the most divine human beings you'll ever meet. He is just... And the two of you together are such a team. I wanted to ask you on speaking about him, is he involved in the Revitalised Centre at all or is there an intent to have him there? Uh, this is 100% me, but he has um, he's been here every step of the way supporting me. Um, I would come home from work and I was still at my other clinic. I'd come back to this centre and Stu and the kids would be here putting furniture together at night time. <laughs> the support from them has just been absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's amazing, all right. Tell yeah. me, Juliet, with yourself, so you could safely say then that your self-care is back in order. Do you still fall off the wagon at times or is there things that you could instruct or give advice to our listeners around what you do? What are your go-tos when it comes to self-care being so busy? I think for me it's about every day I check in with myself. Um, you know, part of my reason for being in Queensland the last few days, like up just over the weekend, was because I needed time for me to um, re-energise. And I'm very aware now um, when I'm not operating at my best and um, to stay in my best, it's, it's food, watching what I eat, um, exercising. So I go to the gym and I have an amazing community there, which we often get coffee afterwards on, you know, a Tuesday morning. We have a running group on a Saturday, which I love. Um, my oils, Kimmy, are a part of um, my daily care. And I have them all over the centre here. <laughs> so there's always a different blend going. Um, yeah, but I think for me a really big important part is um, taking time and being present. So if I'm too far ahead into the future worrying about stuff, nothing tends to work for me. So it's about bringing myself back to the present moment, um, looking at where I'm at, journaling if I need to get my thoughts out of my head. Um, but most importantly, just checking in, like taking it doesn't take long to do that, to actually sit quietly, close your eyes and just focus inwards. Feel each part of your body, is it okay? Think about where your mind's at, where your emotions are at. And then if something comes back and it's not okay, then taking the action to, to, to fix that. Nice. I guess, you know, could you be, would you be able to give us an example of have you had anybody yet come into the practice or into revitalize that you've seen a remarkable change have you got any stories for us yet um oh, there's so many clients that are popping through my head um so i'll give you an example of one beautiful client who is going through something at the moment um she has a sister that is um, terminally ill and so she's that perfect example of a carer she is doing for herself, which I didn't do back when I was, 
looking after my family in that she just comes in for support. We can't change her circumstances, but what we can do here is help her along her journey, give her that nurturing that she needs, um, be a place where she can actually break down and cry, release all the negative energy that she's holding on to, um, and then fill herself back up. Um, that's one example. We have a range of beautiful clients that will that will use all the services. So they'll do the yoga classes, they'll come to the chakra dance, um, booking for massages and reflexology. It's um, it's shaping up to be a really, really great fun place. Um, and the whole vision of the Revitalised Centre is we're going to start doing monthly walks again. I was doing it um, at my old space, but I do a monthly walk up the thousand steps as well. Wow. Because, yeah, I just I feel community is a massive part of healing. If you if you feel like you're a part of a community, if you have connection with other people, that's huge in itself. Because then you're more open to talk to people, and if you're talking to people, then you're releasing whatever um, anxieties or stresses that you have. So it's really well, and you also get to realise that there's other people out there, and you know, sharing the load of it, and also um, getting support about what you can do rather than then sitting there worrying about it, you can actually get take it into action, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually agree with you, Juliet, is that community is so important. And if, you know, it doesn't matter how big the community is, as long as you have somebody that understands what you're going through and, and you know, how to help. So just in case um, the people listening don't understand what kinesiology is all about, would you like to just have a little talk about kinesiology yeah absolutely it's probably one of the hardest questions you could ask someone what is kinesiology (laughs) (laughs) um so kinesiology is the energy through the body and it's it's a holistic form of healing where we tap into the subconscious mind through muscle testing um I start most of my sessions with new clients going, I can't read your mind. I don't know what's going on in there. (laughs) I'm just talking to your body. As a kinesiologist, we're a facilitator. So through muscle testing, we're working out um, if there's too much energy in a meridian or not enough energy and just listening to all the signs and cues that your body are giving us. And then we have different remedies um, that will help increase the vibration of the client and give them the support they need to be able to move forward in life. So there can be a range of things that could be happening with them. It could be to do with nutrition or it could be emotional aspects. It could be something physically wrong, um, pains in their body. So kinesiology can help on all different levels. Um, My favourite place to work is on the emotional spectrum, um, helping people deal with things that might have happened in their past, helping them deal with things that are currently going on in their life and releasing the emotions that they're holding on to in regard to whatever their issue may be at the time. And you can muscle test in different ways, can't you? Yeah, yeah. So, and you can use different muscles. You can use a leg, you can use an arm. Um, There's a whole range of different things that you can do. Yeah, fingers. Yeah, and self-testing? Yes. So you've seen me do this, Kim, at one of your um, workshops. But you can. Um, I love showing people how to self-test. So you can do it through the whole body. So you can do it with this way. So if you are naturally drawn to something, you'll find that your body moves forward to it. If you're repelled against something, if you're standing still, you'll find that your body, um, so if you imagine a very dark scenario, you'll notice that your body would gently move backwards. 
Um, so that's a form of muscle testing as well. Yeah, nice. And tell me, do your kids use it? Are your family using it? Uh, yes. So I had Charlotte's home from school today. So she was up on the table going, fix me, mum, fix me. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> fix me, mummy. Mummies can fix anything. I reckon. Uh, oh, it's so beautiful. And then she looks at me and she's like, I don't know what this stuff is that you do. <laughs> she just, she's trying to make sense of it and she can't. Um, <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but, yeah, she had jaw pain today because she's got some braces going on and her jaw, her TMJ was a bit sore. So, we, you know, with kinesiology, there's different acupressure points that you can hold to help release the pressure within the mouth and within those muscles. So we're working on that with her today. Um, but, yeah, they do use it. And that's kinesiology. Um, the last illness that Tyson went through was... Um, it was a mixture of kinesiology and chiropractic that actually got him better. He, this was a non-heart-related um, issue that happened to him in that he was experiencing severe pain in his legs, initially um, to the point where he couldn't walk. And initially the hospital was telling us that he had um, regional pain syndrome and then the pain started moving throughout his entire body and we're back in the hospital because he would scream out in pain and then he'd pass out and he'd scream and pass out and we we did not know what to do with him and once the pain started traveling through his body they were telling us well he must have conversion disorder so then they were saying that he uh, was what's what's that conversion disorder conversion disorder is where you convert your emotions into a physical symptom so um, i didn't know they believed in that Yep, they do. So, wow. But what they were telling us with Tyson at this stage was that he went into hospital, like he, he was a happy, vibrant, you know, boy, 12 years old, no issues, and all of a sudden had a sore leg and the sore leg suddenly turned into um, paralysing pain all, all through his body where he was wheelchair bound, we were in and out of hospital for a three-month period. He was in a wheelchair. Um, and they were telling me that he had conversion disorder, which... Telling, trying to tell me that he was depressed and they were going down the stream of antidepressants with him and a whole range of other medications. And it just it wasn't making sense to me because he was a happy, vibrant child and he was depressed at that stage because he'd been stuck in hospital and in a wheelchair. Um, the whole time this was happening with Tyson, I was talking to my chiropractor and he rang me one day and said, Jules, I, I know what to do. I found someone, bring him in driving him in to, to see our chiropractor and to see this, um, what we used was a form of kinesiology and chiropractic. And that night, um, Tyson would, would scream, pass out, scream, pass out. And in between the passing out bits, the chiro would get in there and do what he had to do. Um, but I took Tyson home that night and he walked for the first time. He actually got up and walked around his lounge room before he collapsed, which was the first time that he'd done that in quite some time. So what we had discovered was that because of his previous heart surgeries, he had a lot of scar tissue. And every time he went through a growth spurt, that would pull then on his spine and he would lose his connection. <sighs> and not one person at the hospital had looked at looked him at holistically and looked at his actual spine and what was happening. Gosh. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so the, you had the chiropractor just work on allowing the scar tissue, well, getting the scar tissue to soften enough so he could yeah. 
continue yeah, to and grow. also there was a lot going on around his neck as well um so we had to release a lot that was happening up there because what was happening is he would black out um because his head would fall back yeah so there was a lot that they had to do and a lot of the corrections were in through the mouth and um, he must have been terrified oh he was he was terrified and that was the very last sort of major health concern that we've had and it was a, a pretty big one <laughs> just to be out just to watch your child go through that sort of pain and then trying to tell him that everything will be okay but not really having the answers yourself mm. And then having his younger sister watch that as well, that was pretty um, That was pretty hard for her. But, again, like, we all stuck together and we managed to get through it and it really was um, the ch that changed my life. That's what led me to kinesiology because I'd never heard of it before until it was um, done on Tyson. And then so then I'm like, well, what is this? And then he would start muscle testing me and I'm like, how does that work? What, what is going on? <laughs> And um, that's what really got me interested in it because um, it helped Tyson and it put him it put him in an amazing place. Yeah. So where is your centre in Melbourne? Uh, so we are in Glen Iris, which is the eastern suburbs. It's nice and leafy. We're on a beautiful little strip that's just got a, a couple of cafes and a few other little shops. And directly behind us is the anniversary walking trail and then the Bearwood train station behind that. So we're in a pretty sensational area. So people can get to you pretty easily. Very easily, um, which I love. Um, and that's what I love with having the cafe so close as well. So people can go and do a yoga class or see one of the practitioners and meet up with friends afterwards. It's all, it's a really great spot. Um, yeah. So will you let us know how people can contact you? So what um, is your website, your Facebook, Instagram? Um, yeah, where you, just where you are in Glen Iris, you're addressing Glen Iris. So if people are living in the Melbourne area or even visiting the Melbourne area, they might really love to come and, and visit you and what you're doing. Yeah, I would love that. I, um, you know, we have people come from all over the place. Like we have people come from Hobbers Crossing, which is almost an hour away from Tarnese. It's, um, it's pretty special. But we're located at 7 to 9 Bardoff Street in Glen Iris. Uh, you can visit our um, website at www.revitalisedcentre.com.au. Um, if you wanted to know more about me, I'm um, julietdyer.com. But then you can also have a look at our Facebook and our Instagram pages, uh, which is just the Revitalise Centre. And we've pretty much got daily feeds going up there every day, letting people know what's going on. You can jump onto our newsletter and then that lets you know what specials we have. Um, but, yeah, and all the programs that we have going. So the VCE program that starts. Um, Julia, can you explain what that chakra dance is all about? Oh, I've been wondering that too. Go, Julia, go. You want me to go? Okay, it's very yeah. special. It's, um, so chakra dance is the music is based at each chakra. So if you're doing the bass, it's very deep and there's lots of drums and it's dark in the room and you close your eyes and as the music's going, you dance your way through each chakra. So it's a moving meditation that's designed to clear space within that area, that whatever chakra you're working on. 
So if you feel you need to be more grounded, that's what that one will help you with. And then it works its way through each one. It's, um, it's fun. It's a different way to do meditation. So for those people that can't sit still and meditate, you know, they can come and dance their way through it. It's, it's sensational. Um, everyone that walks out is, you should, their eyes just they look amazing and I often work while chakra dance is on so I can hear the amazing music just um, pumping out of that room while I'm doing my sessions with clients and it's just such a um, fantastic environment um one of our Natalie Southgate who created chakra dance it was when was it Karen was it quite some time ago yeah it's been over 10 years it's at least yeah, yeah. between 10 and 15 years ago yeah, so um, it's in about 20 different countries throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. An incredible um, way to, to meditate and to dance and have some fun with some girlfriends. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. And the yoga, how big are the classes that you have there by chance? Uh, yeah, so our yoga classes, they're small, so we only allow 12, 10 to 12 people into a class, and the reason being so that you can have hands-on care so that you don't feel like you're just another number in a room. It's a lot of people in our area are very new to yoga. It's something that they haven't experienced before. So it gives them that really safe and secure environment to know that they're being looked after and the instructor can move around to each, each of the clients and make sure that they're in the correct pose or position. Juliet, from a personal point of view, um, I know you said that you've met us all. We've got a wellness summit, obviously, um, that they hold host once a year and then breakthroughs and then obviously work that you've done with us. Can you tell us if there's other areas or favourite books or things that have really helped you to get through and navigate the pathway of being a carer yourself? Anything that's inspired you that might help our beautiful listeners? That's a really great question. Um, I think my journey did start with the wellness couch. So coming to the summits, to the breakthroughs and then listening to, to your podcast. Um, for me, it was then exploring different areas, opening up to different, um, um, like Joe Dispenza. I love his work. Um, I've done his online program, which I think, Cindy, you have and Karen, I believe. Um, um, yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. I've done his, I uh, went to Las Vegas um, to um, do one of his programs and, you know, he's coming to Australia for everybody who's listening. He'll be in Australia October, I think it's 22nd to 28th at Twin Waters. So, yeah, I'm going to that one as well. Are you going, Julianne? Oh, I don't think so at this no. stage. I'm just trying to see how things go. I really want to be up there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, I think for me, Kimmy, like a big thing that helped were having oils, having the oils in my life. Um, I used to put, like every day I'd put an oil on and um, that would help ground me, um, use it as an anchor. Um, other books and other, oh, just a, every sort of self-help book I could think of at the time. I'm gone blank at the moment. <laughs> um but you know what, I, st I really, a big part of my healing journey was starting to reintroduce things into my life that I used to love when I was younger. So I realised that I'd stopped listening to music. I realised I'd stopped reading books for pleasure as well, just novels and things. So, you know, the 
the iPod used to go back on in the kitchen, so that's on every night now and different music's playing or um, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening, um, reading different books. That's really helped me along my journey. Nice. Mm. Didn't really answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) I was just checking if there wasn't something else that, we, you know, because, I mean, I find it really interesting when we have beautiful guests on the show and they share their self-care tips or their their beautiful pathway or people that have inspired them and often it inspires all of us listening to you to to get another book or to to try something ourselves and you know books like e-squared and um you know obviously there's all the 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 thing but the one i've been trying to read lately (laughs) karen you'll be impressed a course in miracles oh go you oh my lord oh my lord it's just (laughs) such a uh, just I'm still on page one. No, I'm making, <laughs> yeah, can I make a suggestion for you, precious heart? Yes. I have cards that I've put together. That oh, I've got your cards. Thirty days of meditations, and then there's also a audio download that comes with the cards that explains it to you. Oh, my recommendation is to start there. Okay. Because once you do that and you kind of grasp each of those meditations, it will actually make reading A Course in Miracles make more sense. Ah, that sounds brilliant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have your own show. You really are. You really are. <laughs> uh, oh, bless. Hey, um, so what are you, on that note then, why don't we ask, what are all three of us reading at the moment? And are you reading something at the moment, Juliet? Uh, yep, I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> I'll try to remember what I'm reading. All right, you ready? You'll go, Cindy. I'm reading Whitewash, The Story of a Weed Killer, Cancer and the Corruption of Science by Carrie Gillum, who we interviewed on July 17th. If anyone wants to go and listen to it, I just listened to her at the uh, Writers' Festival in, in Bendigo. Um, she's such an inspiration and um, getting hell for it, you know. She's getting hell for what she's written and she's been in this industry for 20 years in the agricultural industry um, as an investigative um, journalist. So that's what I'm reading at the moment. (laughs) And, Cindy, do you think you should say anything about the message Mm. you sent me? Oh, about what? Okay. Um, People should know by now because this won't – this will have gone to air – um, after the fact, but mm. over the weekend, so I, I listened to Carrie Gillum on Friday um, at the Bendigo Writers Festival, and I have her book on Kindle, so I bought a hard copy and asked her to sign it for me, and she signed it for me, and this is what I love about it. She just said... Hang on, hang on. Before you, before you say that, how many copies did you get? Oh. <laughs> I should have bought three, one for Karen, one for Kim and one for me. But I was so into myself at that point that I was very selfish and I only bought one, um, which says, for Cindy, Karen and Kim, for our future, so nice to be on the same side. See, I had it. (laughs) Oh, my God, Cindy. (laughs) Are you lying? (laughs) It might just say C for Cindy. Yeah. yeah, but um, what happened was that um, I was listening to her speak um, and I had, you know, a bit of time with her as well as her husband, Don, and some other people that was so interested in this. And then um, the next morning I was up very early. I caught a train and then a plane and I got off my plane and there were texts from so many people saying, have you just heard Cindy? And it was about um, 
the court case in the US in San Francisco at the moment against Monsanto and Roundup and the case that it is a has a connection with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the plaintant, um, one groundsman at a school, this is what gets me, he was a groundsman at a school and he sprayed it every day on the schoolyard. Um, and the groundsman won a $289 million payout. <sighs> so there are 4,000 other plaintiffs behind him that have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, have sprayed Roundup every day of their life, being told that it was the truth. And what Carrie basically says is that, she says, it's not so much that it causes cancer, it's just that Monsanto has lied to us and has not given us the choice that it causes cancer and whether we want to spray it or not on our food, on our 160 foods that it's sprayed on. So, yeah, I'm a little bit wrapped up in, um, you know, I, I do have a girl crush on Carrie and I do love her book, Whitewash. It's, you know, this is the second time I've read it and, you know, the first time it's, there's just so much information that this time you, you know, that I'm listening to it, I am just, um, um, I'm, my mind is just boggled with the lies and the deception and, you know, she has nothing to to lose, I mean, she has nothing to gain by telling the truth, <laughs> but she's telling the truth, you know, because she wants people to know. How can she be getting flack when there's a court case that's just one $280 million? How can she be getting flack for something like that? Well, all you have to do is listen to um, our local project um, and hear stupid scientists, um, I won't name their names, who basically say, don't even know how to say the word glyphosate, say it wrong, and then say there's nothing wrong with it. And he's a scientist in, in toxicology, and I think it was biochemistry or something, and, you know, they made him out to be the expert. And basically one man has in, in Australia that I saw, and I do hear other people say it, are saying, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, and he says, oh, and look at the science. But the science actually says, like, Carrie's book is completely backed up with scientific articles. You just have to read it. There's a number on every sentence. So, um, you know, you, know, you either want to, where there's smoke, there's fire, and you either want to say, well, I'm going to heed the warnings and just not use it. Um, and this professor basically said, oh, if your home gardener just keeps spraying it, it's not a problem. But what he doesn't realise is that, um, there are a lot of foods that are sprayed with it and we're exposed to it on a daily basis as we ingest it, not only on your home garden or, you, you know, or your pathways or your driveways, but we're exposed to it in our water supply, in our food supply, in our councils spraying it. Yes, I had something to say to the council. <laughs> I was going to say. Yes, I did. I actually... I actually, um, <laughs> I actually messaged Mark Jamison, our... Um, mayor on his messenger and I know he's looked at it because his little face came on um, and I basically said I hope that you will now re you know stop using glyphosate and um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm just a little be in their bonnet. You're like that little mozzie in the night that he just can't see. <laughs> just making such an annoying sound. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. You know it's it's interesting I um I spoke at a conference, sorry, Juliet, but I, I kind of feel a little bit when I was listening to you a little bit like what this gentleman said to me at a conference. I spoke at a conference and he was from South Africa and I finished, you know, my whole spiel on flavours and colourings and all this clean labelling. 
and you know really proud that I told the people that this is all about and and, and I get off the stage and I I, I look and he looks at me and he goes oh we don't even think about that in South Africa we're just trying to save our lives and not get killed oh, <laughs> oh wow oh okay that's perspective and, it, and relativity. It is perspective you know yeah. it, it is total and then I'm listening to Juliet and I'm thinking oh my gosh you know where is the perspective on on this you know you're trying to survive um a you know a um and i had to look it up I, I, you should see the way i ap absolutely wrote holt Oram syndrome <laughs> it was like I, I typed it up as soon as you said it i typed it up to find out what it was all about and it's spelt h-o-l-t-o-r-a-m syndrome so you know, you should have seen the way I wrote it. You, you would laugh, <laughs> Juliet. <laughs> but, you know, to, to look at your perspective and, and I understand food will definitely help, but it's a genetic disorder that, you know, causes mayhem in the, in the heart, not only in the electrics of the heart, but the physical parts of the heart as well as, you know, other parts of the body. So, you know, here I am going on and on about glyphosate and sometimes I just think, oh, Am I just, you know, maybe I need to put a bit of perspective in it? I don't think so at all. No, I don't think so either. I agree. I agree mm. because it's, 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 it's yet just another thing that's killing people. Yeah. So, you know, it, everybody's got something in their environment that is a threat and I think it takes people who are willing to stand up against the establishment to start to bring those things into question because if nobody ever did that, then we would all just be subject to the whims of those that want to make money on us. That's all. Yeah. And it's about you're educating people, Cindy, like the, the common person wouldn't know about this. If you weren't out there with your voice telling us and educating us and empowering us with our choices then. Hmm. And I think that's what it is, Juliet. I think it's about education and then I have the choice. I can choose to continue to eat oats, which we know are high in glyphosate or wheat that's high in glyphosate, or I can choose to choose organic, or I can choose to eat packaged foods with natural flavorings, which are just BS, um, you know, and, or I think it is education that we, you know, we need to do. And you, you know, you've educated me. I didn't, you know, I've been just reading about the Holt Oram syndrome while we've been, you know, talking to you because I'm just blown away that here's another, and this is one thing that glyphosate does, and, you know, and, and so did DDT, that it changes the DNA, mm. you know, and, and where do we know this, where did this start from and when was it first looked at? They, these were all my questions, but I couldn't find it online, but I'll keep looking because I'm, intrigued when did this all start because we know autism was first seen in the 30s it wasn't seen before the 30s celiac disease um, was noted you know 16th century but it was also really seen in the 30s and 40s so yeah so I, I know I just took up heaps of time on talking about my book Kim you're next <laughs> <laughs> no, I talk about a course in miracles. I love it. I'm loving that, and can hear Karen nearly every second word. But thank you, it's my book. Mm -hmm. Apart from writing one, of course, you know. Let's oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The but art that's of self love. Another, that's another podcast. I do believe. I do believe. <laughs> oh, I do believe. Karen, what are you listening to or reading at the moment? Um, well, I've actually just 
finished reading two mm. books. The first one is um, The Heartfulness Way. And I don't remember the authors. That's my problem. I don't actually. Yeah, I've got that one here. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's such a lovely read. And it's kind of like it's mindfulness but anchored in the heart rather than in the mind, which is what I think mindfulness was intending to do originally. But it's taking the awareness out of the mind so that we're not celebrating intelligence anymore. We're kind of moving our awareness to to the heart where... um, Mm they're saying that that's where all of the connection to the higher forces and sources are. And then the other one I've just been reading is stealing fire. Um, yeah. Let me just bring that one up. Cause I think that one is actually a really important one. Stealing fire because uh, that one, there will be an author stealing fire by who is that from? See, I fall in love with the author before I fall in love with really? the book. Yeah. I, I learn about the author and then I want to read their book. Whereas, Obviously, Karen does it, reads the book, forgets the author. <laughs> I do. I do. So I wouldn't have even known. So this is Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel. Oh. Um, yeah, so this is a book that actually my um, brother-in-law got me onto maybe four or five months ago. And it's about altered states of consciousness and over the last um, past decade how Silicon Valley executives like um, Eric Schmidt and Elon Musk have been um, – going to a place called Burning Man where they take um, uh, uh, psychedelics and it helps them to bring in um, new ideas that we couldn't think of consciously. And so stealing fire is actually questioning whether it's the right thing to do to have it be so illegal when what it actually does is it allows us to access an altered state of consciousness that... um, makes us far more creative and they talk about how other other places like the navy seals and the green berets how they access that altered state of consciousness um without drugs so it's really yeah it's really really it's a top book it's a really really top book and i'm reading a second one now um evolution of something or other but i'm halfway through that one really interesting it is interesting, um, you know, those young boys and the, the soccer team. Um, yeah. I would go into a frenzy every time I thought about what they had to do. So oh. I would need drugs right there and then I would have had to have been sedated. Oh, I'm with you every step of the way. I would have taken drugs. I, I would have <laughs> taken anything. Yeah, just knock me the hell out. <laughs> Put me through a cave underwater and not... Oh. Anyway. Uh, All right, Juliet. Juliet, what are you reading? Well, I've actually just had a little bit of um, a brain holiday and I just read. (laughs) 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 And it was me again. So it was the sequel to Me Before You, which was just, have you seen that movie or read that? Yes, I read both those books. And yes, um, I was disappointed in the second one. What about you? Oh, for me, I think it's just what I needed. And to be honest, like I sat on the beach in the wool bar on Saturday morning and (laughs) that book (laughs) fabulous. Um, When I'm super busy, I need to take myself away from books that are really heavy and hard to read because, Kim, I've got A Course in Miracles sitting on my bedside table too and I've only a couple of pages into that as well. You know what, Juliet, I expected so much more of her. Um, in the sequel, I guess that's oh, yeah. yeah. I expected so much more of her, and I, I just thought, oh, 
I, like I was so excited because um, after the first one I went, oh, she's going to do great things, you know, but she didn't really, no, she didn't do really great things. So, it, no, it took a while to get somewhere too. Yeah, so really see the bigger picture, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> Juliet, do you have any parting words uh, to our beautiful listeners? Is there anything that you would love them to know about you or perhaps even from your own experiences, if there was something you'd want this beautiful planet to know, what would that be? For me, I think I'd love everyone to focus on themselves, to take, to realise that it's not selfish to do that because I lived about 10 years thinking it was selfish to put myself first only to realise at the end that it's the most important thing that you can do is to look after your own needs and then you'll be full and can look after everyone around you. To take a minute every day to check in with yourself um, for movement, for connection and just to um, surround yourself with friends and loved ones. That's my, that's my little message. Beautiful soul that you are. Thank you, darling. Just gorgeous. Well, this has been such an insightful podcast and I think you are an unbelievable inspiration, Miss Juliet, and thank you for being a part of our lives. I think we're all very, very grateful that we've met you and we're all very, very grateful that we just love you and adore you and get to share your ride. So thank you, my love. Thank you so much. And I feel really blessed that I've had each of you women in my life to help guide me and support me along my journey, even when you didn't even know that you are doing it. So thank you. Oh, well, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> so for all of our listeners, if you guys want to get in touch with Juliet, hit us with it again, girlfriend. Uh, so you can go to uh, revitalizedcentre.com.au. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Revitalized Centre. Um, and come and visit us at 7 to 9 Bardolph Street, England, Iris. We would love to see you here. Fabulous. So for all of our, um, our listeners who are based down south, make sure that you go and pop in and have a quick chat with Juliet and go and check out the centre. It's just such an incredible creation, so beautifully done and filled with so much love. So it's an absolute treat to share you with our listeners, gorgeous girl. And for all of our um, listeners that are interested and have got questions for Juliet, you can either send them straight on to her or you can go to our Facebook page, which is at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can head on over to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. I nearly didn't get it out that time. Now, I wanted to tell you guys too, um, super, super quick, and we'll mention more about this on our next podcast, but the website is up and running and live for you guys to check out our Mont Blanc hike. So all you need to do is go to all the W's dot Karen Smith, and you guys should all know my name by now. So it's C-A-R-R-E-N-S-M-I-T-H dot com for those of you who are new to the podcast and forward slash U-F-C. So up for a chat, U-F-C. Uh, you'll find all of the information about our hike to Mont Blanc there for everybody who has already expressed an interest in joining us you are about to get emails from me, so um, hang in there. You'll get your emails from me with all of the details. Now, just to let you guys know, we can only take 12 and we've already sold uh, six. So we've got six spots left to join us on the Mont Blanc hike in September 2020. And we're selling it this quick, this early, so that you guys have got plenty of time to, to pay it off. So go to the website, karensmith.com forward slash UFC.
and we will hopefully get to see you guys there. In the meantime, make sure that you tune in next week right here on Up For A Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we are going to see you on the mountains of Mont Blanc on the hike. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.